Thank you for listening to the Hope Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and encourages you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and resources, visit hopeboon.com. Listen, we have a, a special guest with us that's guests, plural, that are with us in the house this morning. The Roberts family, all the way from Tulsa, Oklahoma, is with us today. I mentioned this to the, to the folks who were in service last night at Hope and Healing, um, that, uh, that the Lord supernaturally just spoke to my heart on Wednesday of this week while we were praying over our Hope and Healing service that, that we did last night. And the Lord dropped it in my heart, Call Joey. And call, call them and see where they're at, see what they're doing. And, uh, and I did, and they happened to be in Ohio. And so uh, they, were, they were flexible, just next door, yeah, just 30 minutes from here. And, um, and so they were, they were excited. We felt like it was really the Lord, you know. Hey, why don't you come and minister this week? And you know what? Now I don't have to preach, so praise God. Um, I, but I want to say something. Thank you, thank you. That's good. Escort this man out of here, that's right. That's right. It's so funny. Um, no, I want to say this from the bottom of my heart. Joey and I, when we get together, we have some of the most meaningful and intense, rich conversation when we get together. We were at a retreat together in May of this year down in South Carolina. We were there with, oh, how many other guys? 12 or 13 other guys were there with us. And we kept breaking away to go have our own conversations um, when we talk on the phone, because he lives long distance, it's usually tomfoolery and goofiness because we're both funny people and we egg each other on. And so we, we joke and we horse around on the phone. But something about when we get together in person, the Lord does something that's so significant. I always leave so refreshed from our times together. And I believe that what God wants to do through their life and ministry this morning is an overflow of that. So what I'd like for you to do is open your heart to receive what God has. Uh, I thought this driving home last night, I was so pleased with the meeting last night. Uh, I thought, you know what, everybody needs a Joey in their life to be able to speak the word the way that you do with such boldness and just such fervor. Uh, well, this morning, you get to have a Joey in your life. So, uh, And you get to have a Kirsten in your life, too. I don't know what they're going to do. I told them, do whatever you want to do. I trust you. So would you guys please welcome Joey and Kirsten if she wants to come uh, this morning. Let's show them their, that they're welcome here. Amen. Praise the Lord. We are really, really happy to be here. Um, I think the last time I was here, uh, it was about five and a half years ago, and everything is better. Amen. You know, the uh, number one job of a Christian is to grow. Yeah. Amen. That is, that's the number one thing we do. Is uh, You don't want to be five years later still thinking the same way and doing the same thing at the same level. Uh, we're designed to grow. Amen. Everything operates on seed time and harvest. Everything uh, from human beings, plants, animals. Uh, and so everything is supposed to be filled with the life of God. He's the one that put that in motion. And so uh, congratulations on, on your growth. Uh, if you've been wondering if God is with, with this church, uh, most definitely. Everything from the band, the music, but above all else, the, the spirit, the spirit that is backing you is, is uh, stronger than ever. And things are just getting ready to take off. Now, don't ever let that sound cliched to you. That should be our confession. Things are just getting ready to blast off for me. I'm in God's perfect will, God's perfect plan. He's working out everything, and today is the day. Amen. Today's my day. Amen. Today's my day. Maybe you said that sometime again. Well, pick that up again. Today is my day. Jesus said today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Today's your day. Amen. God's ready to do something on your behalf right now. The angels are waiting on you to put them to work right now. What will you do with the resources you've been given? And from where I'm looking, it looks like you're doing very well. Amen. So God bless you. This is my beautiful, talented, lovely, amazing, 
stuff. <laughs> Intense, powerful, anointed. This is my woman of God, uh, Kirsten. I'm so honored that we get to travel together. Not everyone gets to do that, but I get to do that because I'm one of God's favorite. And so I've asked her to just uh, share with you for a few minutes uh, as we open up today. We're so honored to be here. Thank you. I love how God puts things together like this. It's, it's special. Amen. I just wanted to say um, alongside what Joey was just mentioning about your church, one of the things that I was talking about, that we were talking about on the way home last night that was so, um, just such a, a special thing and so unique and was the young people, that generation. And I, I was just sitting on the front row and God was speaking to me about this church through that young generation. You have such a, um, and actually had Claire not done it, I, the word she spoke over that young man was exactly what God had given me. And I was like, wow, to watch that come out of the mouth of a 13-year-old over, it's just, that is, if there's any type of growth, and if you're a parent, you know, there, there's nothing better, right? If there's anything I want, it is to see the kingdom of God manifesting through my children. The belief that I'm endeavoring to walk in, endeavoring to step through and just coming out of my child's mouth like it's, of course, like, yeah. I mean, Everest looked over me. We have a three and a half year old. Um, and he says it just like that, which is proper, three and a half. Um, <laughs> but he rolled over this a little while ago. I was laying next to him, putting him to sleep and I was coughing. And he leans over and he goes, Mom, you're the healed of the Lord. It's like, unprompted anything. Like, that is what, and it's coming out of him just like this because we're endeavoring to put that word in and to see that coming out of your young people. Um, they're grouping together to pray over one of one another. Uh, that is something that it's, especially in today, they are, you have to be especially uh, equipped, I think, to be in today's, I mean, school and environment and every and but don't don't fear for your children because they are specially equipped for this time and for this season. You continue to pray, you continue to put into them and watch it come out in a way that is we want them to stand on our shoulders, right? And we want them and so don't be surprised when they do. When they see further than you, when they begin to prophesy, when they begin to see things and you're flawed, just act not surprised. Oh yeah, totally, cool, all right. Um, I do have a little uh, story to share with you guys this morning. So um, it, it's, it's, God speaks to me oftentimes in analogies and I'm sure it's so cool how the Holy Spirit speaks to different people in different ways. But oftentimes he'll give me analogies or um, things in just everyday life that then, uh, you know, you can uh, equate to the spiritual. So it, I've been meditating in Hebrews 4 and Isaiah 28, and I'll get there. But uh, I, first I have a story about my dogs to tell you. So <laughs> um, last night, so we have two little mutts. <laughs> yes, <laughs> mutts. Um, and... Uh, Everest will call, that's our son, he will call them, he'll say, Mom, and he noticed they're, they're mutts when, he, when they're doing something that he doesn't think is right or something. So we have two little mutts, and um, we have endeavored to have them not sleep on the bed with us so much, okay? They like to sleep on the bed. They're little, 12 pounds and 18 pounds, and they've got used to sleeping on the bed, but I have, especially when we travel so much, not all beds are the same. Sometimes Everest ends up in our bed. There's not space. I don't want the dogs on the bed anymore, okay? So I create their own lovely space on the floor or somewhere else. Create a, I even give them my own pillow because I'm like, you clearly like my pillow, so here it is. It's just for you, okay? So last night in the wee hours of the morning, at some point, I, yeah, it, it went throughout the night. Annie um, jumped up on the bed. I say, on your bed. She jumps off, gets on her bed. Jumps up on the bed. On your bed. Jumps off, gets on her bed. I'm asleep. We're finally, right, we're 
sleeping. The dogs are sleeping on their bed. All is good. And she jumps up, and she lays flat, like Annie on your bed. But something in my voice, she knew. She knew she could get away with it this time. So she got flatter. And I go, Annie, on your bed. She went flatter. <laughs> she was like squished into the bottom of the bed, as if to say, I'm just right here on the bottom. Like, couldn't hurt. I'm not, you know, I could, could, it's not going to harm anything. I'm just, I'm right here at the very, you can hardly even feel me. I'm not even going to do anything, right? I'm, so what do I do? Fine, fine, stay. Okay. So what the Lord spoke to me throughout the night, because it, it gets more interesting, is that this is how the enemy works. This is how he comes. And in fact, on the very end of the bed right there, it was almost like this could be a good thing. She keep my feet warm. She's just right there. It's no bother to me. Really, like, what's the big deal? What is the big deal about a little pain in my ankle? It's not really bothering me. It's just, it's just a little thing. I can totally live with this. No big deal at all. What's the big deal about, you know, a little worry about my kid in, this, in school? It's just, you know, it's actually wisdom probably. And we can talk our way through things of um, making it seem like, oh, this is okay. But what is it? It's a little inlet. It's a little inlet to allow him to step in carefully. And guess what? A few hours later, I feel a body against my leg. Right, right here. But I'm too tired to care. And I'm not going to get out of bed and disturb everyone. Get off onto your bed because now I'm going to have to take a bigger stand. Now it's going to have to take more of me to get her to go to the place where she belongs, where I have tried to set a standard. But now I've let the standard get crossed. And so then why, if I can be here, well, why can't I be here? Can I tell you how I woke up this morning? with one dog on my pillow and the other dog in underneath the covers in between my legs. That's how I woke up. Now, it was slow, right? And it started out with one dog flat as a pancake at the bottom of the bed. No bother to anyone. And it ended with hair in my mouth, hair on my pillow. I can't move because there's a dog here. I can't do anything and I'm hemmed in. And now, I can't move. And I'm, I'm stuck. And it's going to take a lot more oomph to stand. But I still have to. Now I have to. But if I had at the beginning, stand, right? Having done all to stand, stand. If I had just stood and took my position and said, no, you belong on your bed. Stay there. Nowhere else. Satan, no. I'm not going to take this silly little headache because I can deal with it with a little Advil. Sure, I can. And then next time it's a little more. And then what about this? And now, you know what? I can't raise my arm greater than this. Or, or I can't, well, I, it's, and it's just a slow takeover. Well, you can do this then, and I can take over this. And what he's doing is he is stealing the word, stealing your power, stealing your ability to conquer to face him. So what does this have to do with Hebrews 4? So let me read it to you quickly. Hebrews 4, 11. Let us therefore be zealous and exert ourselves and strive diligently to enter that rest. Let me tell you, I did not rest very well last night. <laughs> Among other things, and God illuminated the scripture to me because it talks about rest. This is the only time the only time in the Bible, if you read other translations, it says, be fearful that you enter not into the rest. Throughout the Bible, we are told, fear not, be not afraid, do not be courageous, right? But here it says, almost so intensely, be careful that you don't enter into this rest. Almost fear that you don't get into it. That's a pretty intense commandment. Like, this is something I need. This is something I need to strive diligently to enter into. So what is it? What is that rest? So it says, 
Let us therefore be zealous and exert ourselves and strive diligently to enter that rest of God, to know and experience it for ourselves, that no one may fall or perish by the same kind of unbelief and disobedience into which those in the wilderness fell. Um, for the word of God that speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of breath of life, soul, and the immortal spirit, and the joints and marrow, etc., judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. But what I want to take you to, so what is that rest? Because it's something for us, so we better know what that is. How do we strive diligently to enter that rest? So go to Isaiah 28. And I'm finishing with this. I'm not going to take all your time, love. Um, so Isaiah 28, 12, he says to these, this is the true rest that you shall give to the weary. So he's, he's explaining something. He says, this is the true rest. So now we need to go to the previous verse to see what, what is the true rest. 11. No, but the Lord will teach the rebels in a more humiliating way. By men with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people, says Isaiah, and teach them his lessons. This is the true rest. Stammering lips and another tongue is the true rest. So there is a rest for us in Hebrews 4 that he says, be careful that you don't enter, that you don't enter into this. There's a rest for you that you have. It sounds strange, right? You have to strive and work. Work hard to enter this rest. Don't work hard for anything else. Just like he says, don't guard anything else. He says, guard your heart. But don't, you don't have to guard your family. You don't have to guard your finances. You don't have to guard your health. You guard your heart. You enter the rest. You make sure there's nothing else that stops you from entering that rest. Well, I believe one definition of that rest is stammering lips and an unknown tongue. That is speaking in tongues. He is making it very clear that the rest that he has provided for you, it's up to you to enter it. But it is a supernatural ability to stand. Right? How can he tell you to stand, having stand, done all to stand, stand there for? without giving you the tools to do that. So he's given you a tool. Use it. Use it. You have to use it. If you, if you don't have the tool, get it. That's the first thing I do is get the tool. If you have the tool, start using it. It is your job. The Holy Spirit will not open your mouth. He will not speak for you. He will not do those things. You know, God will never answer a prayer that he has told you to do. He will never answer a prayer to asking him to do something he's told you to do. And so many times we can um, get stuck thinking, oh, God's not answering my prayer. He's not, he doesn't listen to me. He's not hearing me. He won't. And meanwhile, he's going, I told you to do it. I gave you the tools. I've already given it. I can't do it. What, you want me to die again? Go to the cross again? He's only going to do that once. He went to the cross. He's done. He shed his blood. He rose again. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. And you know what Ephesians 2, 6 says? We are seated there with him when? Now. Now we are seated there with him. Not tomorrow, not in eternity, not later on. Um, so now is the time where we need to, with fervency, choose to use every tool available to us. And that is one tool that is supernatural. I won't teach on it, but if you go to 1 Corinthians 10 and you read through, it talks about how the Israelites coming out of Egypt and going into the wilderness, they were baptized by water and by fire, by the cloud. It talks about its types and shadows. And it's 1 Corinthians 10. And it says, I think maybe verse 11 or 12, and this was said to be end samples for you. So to be an example for you. And so it is an example. They, Egypt is a type of the world and sin. They came out of Egypt. Baptism, the baptism by water walking through the sea, is a type of the baptism by water for us. They went through that. Many people 
in the body of Christ have come out of Egypt, right? They have come out of the world. They have even taken the step of water baptism. The next step is entering into the promised land. Many people, there's even, I think, an old-time hymn or song about entering into the promised land being heaven. One day when we get to the promised land, you know that, <laughs> the one I'm saying, talking about? Um, one day when we get to heaven, one day, I'm sorry, what was in the promised land? Giants and battles and cities to take. Thank the Lord there are none of those in heaven, right? Otherwise, you're going to a different one than I am. <laughs> but there are no giants in heaven. There are no cities to take. There are no battles to fight. So it cannot be a type of heaven. It is a type of it speaking in tongues. But now I am equipped to fight those battles, to kill those giants, and to take those cities. Because now I have the equipment to do so. Isn't it interesting that two out of ten saw it? And I believe that might be an analogy for today, for what we see very often in the body of Christ. So many are in the wilderness. They've come out, but it's time to go in. It is time to go into our promised land, take our space, and not allow Satan to come in with his little lies and his little not allow anything. Don't settle for it or tolerate any of it. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for your word today. We're grateful for your word today. We're thankful for you speaking to us, both in your written word and by your Holy Spirit that speaks to our spirit. Lord, we thank you for speaking to our spirit today. Hallelujah. As we meditate on your word just a, a little bit longer, Lord, I thank you for revelations coming forth. New thoughts, new ways, new utterances by the Spirit. New utterances, utterances, utterances by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. You said in Acts chapter 2 that they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The words to say. There are words to be said there are words to be said from each of us, from each of our mouths that must be said, must be spoken. Words over our future. Words to silence voices from our past. Words for our now and our present day. Words, utterances. So we yield ourselves. We yield to you, Holy Spirit. Fill our mouth with the good things you have in mind so that we can walk in the path that you have in store. And Lord, where we've missed it, we repent. We change our mind. We come back. We come back to your words. We come back to your spirit. We come back to your truth. We turn away from all other truths. You are the way, the truth and the life. You're the only plan. You're the only will. So Holy Spirit, we yield ourselves to you. We yield ourselves to you today. Right now. You can do that right now with heads bowed and eyes closed. Maybe that's you that the Holy Spirit's talking to. You can realign, re-yield yourself to him today. Just by making a simple switch. You don't have to come forward. You don't have to fall out. You don't have to cry out. Just make a little switch in your heart and say, Lord, I'm going to realign myself with your words. I've been doing my own thing in these areas, but no longer. I'm going to realign myself, realign my heart, realign my mind. Realign my attention to what you're saying. And then you just move on forward. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Thank you for focusing our attention this morning. Back to you. Back to the power. Back to the source. We give you everything today. We lay aside every weight. Anything that would try and hinder us. We do it by faith now. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to direct your attention to Ephesians chapter 5. 
Hallelujah. I love the Holy Spirit. I love how the Holy Spirit, uh, he'll let you go down any path you want to. And he'll never push you. He's a perfect gentleman. He'll never push you. And you know, a shepherd doesn't push the sheep. Shepherd doesn't pressure the sheep. Shepherd leads the sheep. Amen. The Holy Spirit is willing to lead you, but he won't pressure you. And, and though it's not his perfect will, the Holy Spirit would be satisfied, meaning he won't, he won't make anything to do about trying to get you in a certain way other than just keep drawing you, wooing you, believing God for you, believing God with you, sending labors across your path, but he won't use pressure to do it. Anytime that was a good word from the Lord that came forth last night. If there's pressure attached, it's not God. A perfect gentleman never pressures his bride. A perfect gentleman never pressures anybody. A real man doesn't have to pressure anyone to do anything. I never bought a car from a car salesman who pressured me. That was the first red flag that something is wrong with this deal. Something is wrong. If this is really as good as you say it, you just need to tell me once and let me explore it for myself. Let me let my mechanic look at it. But where there's pressure attached, that means there's usually lies attached or things that I'm not wanting attached. There's usually something going on under the hood that though I can't see it, I can sense it. Now, that's one of the main reasons we've been given the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit is because with our natural eyes, we can't see everything on the surface. You know, it's never, God's, it's never been God's plan that any Christian, any one of his children, ever get duped or taken by a lie. And we have access to the one who knows all things. There was a man many years ago, he was believing God for revival in his church. And he went to the church house and he laid himself out on the floor and he just bawled and prayed and bawled and prayed and bawled and prayed and asked God to move and, and, and told God what he wanted and all these things. And after he wore himself out, he laid there for a moment and he began to chuckle at himself because he didn't feel anything different other than tired. And he gave an honest prayer. Sometimes... You have to get rid of all the junk in your mind, everything that you want to get out that you've been putting in all week so you can actually get honest with the Lord. And this is what his prayer was. He said, Here's lie, here lies a man saying everything unto the one who knows everything. Here lies a man saying really nothing to the one who knows everything. Sometimes just getting quiet. You know, I learned a prayer from a good friend of ours. We quoted him last night. Pastor Jeremy Pearson's up in Colorado. He prayed this prayer about eight years ago in a little group of people. He tells a story about maturing in the Lord, maturing with his walk with God by the Holy Spirit. You'll never mature with God outside of his word. You'll never get to know God outside of his word people who say that that they know such great things about god and they consider themselves greatly spiritual and super you know very supernatural and, and very spiritual and very mature yet they never spend time in his word and know very little word they don't know god because john 1 1 says in the beginning was the word the word was with god and the word was god psalms and proverbs say that god never changes Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is the Word made flesh and dwelled among us. He sent His Word, Jesus, and healed them. I can't get to know God outside of His Word. I can't have an experience with God outside of His Word. Even the Holy Spirit is given to us to point us right back to the Lord, to the Word. The Word for us is everything. It's how we measure success. I don't want to be a man trying to lead my family, train up my children, lead my wife, lead my home, 
be a, a help to my job, a help to friends and family, and try and do it aside from the word or the leading of the Spirit. That would just lead me to go from one sorrowful place to the next, never really experiencing victory for very long. That's not the plan of God. That's not the will of God. You know, God never sent a storm to anybody. And storms that come only come for one reason. They're not to teach you a lesson. John 10.10, Jesus said, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I've just come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You know, you won't need abundant life in heaven. You won't need eternal life in heaven. Those two lives are both translated as one word, zoe, the God kind of life. Kenneth Hagin wrote a wonderful book about Zoe, the God kind of life. That is the life of God in you for now. People look at different words in scriptures in the New Testament about abundant life, eternal life, the life of God, and they think, oh, we're going to have such experience with the life of God in eternity. No, that's for you now. That's God with us now. Jesus told his disciples, he said, I'm about to, to go away. He said, but I won't leave you comfortless. I will pray the Father, and he will send you a comforter. And it'll be just like me, but it'll be better. Because here I am abiding among you. He will make his abode in you. Lo, I'll be with you always, even to the ends of the earth. How can he be with me? By his spirit. I present to you an idea this morning. Hopefully it's not foreign. It is God's perfect will that all be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's his perfect will. I can prove it. Many people say that, and they say it without the Scripture. But look at Ephesians 5, verse 17. This is the Apostle Paul writing here. He said, Wherefore, be ye not unwise... But understanding, or understand this, what the will of the Lord is. Have you ever found yourself in a place where you were asking God for his perfect will? Lord, if I just knew your perfect will. Maybe it was a school. Maybe you're finishing up high school and it's that time to decide what the next step is. And you've been accepted to three different things. Maybe you're considering technical college. Maybe you're considering university. Maybe you're considering Bible school or an internship. You've got all these staring you in the face and they all look good. And different people are selling you on how good it could be. Look how good my life has been. And the different universities come to your school or they want you to come to their school and show you a good time. This is how good it could be here at Appalachian University. You could be one of us. And they give you a trinket or a jacket so you get comfortable wearing that thing. Oh, God wants you to get comfortable wearing his thing. Get comfortable wearing clothing from heaven. Get comfortable wearing his spirit on you. Acts 1a, ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you, wearing him with you. No greater comfort than knowing God is with me. You know, it's possible to have God on the inside, but never have the reality that he's on me. There's a great difference between a man or a woman that, that knows God is somewhere in there, and wakes up every morning and puts on the clothing. You know how we stand? As my wife said. Stand ye therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Carrying the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit. Literally wearing God. That's your armor. What's protecting you? God himself. That's how three Hebrew children decided, King, we appreciate you. We know you've built this beautiful golden image, but I can't bow to it. This armor that I'm wearing, my God, who has brought me this far, will not allow me. And though you say you will burn me alive, so be it. 
And if that's what he allows, so be it. But something on me will not allow me to bow to this world's system. That is very much alive today for those who will choose that. You and I are designed to only bow to one. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who by choice or without choice that every knee one day will bow. And every tongue eventually will confess that he alone is Lord of all. You know what gives me strength every day to not bow and not comply to the world system? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of truth that reveals all things, that knows all things. You know you have him in you that knows all things, whether you know you know he who is in you or not. It's good to get to know who knows all because he's willing to share it all with you. Ephesians 5, be not unwise, but understanding what the perfect will of the Lord is. Here I am trying to decide a school, or I'm trying to decide what car to buy, or we're trying to decide what the next move in ministry is. We're trying to decide for our children. We're trying to make all these decisions, and we bring them before the Lord, and they all look so good, and they're all so tempting. But we know God knows what is best it can be one of the most frustrating things is making a decision, especially when there's a time frame. Hey, there's all these things, but we really need to know by Friday. Plenty of time. It's only Sunday. We need to know by Friday. That puts pressure on a person. Oh, God only needs seconds. And he's less than six. He can reveal it to you without a thought. This is how he does it. Be not unwise, but understanding what the will, or you could say the perfect will of the Lord is. Verse 18, be not drunk with wine, where is in excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. What's his will? Be ye filled with the Spirit. Lord, I got these four opportunities. Which one? And the Holy Spirit says, be ye filled with the Spirit. You know, the world and the untrained believer, that makes no sense. But to those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, it makes perfect sense. Lord, is it A, B, or C? It's be filled with the Spirit. I find when I'm filled with the Spirit, the decisions of life just come to me. And I have a knowing on the inside. And there is no toil. Toil is work without progress. Toil is getting it done by the sweat of my own brow and the works of my own hands. But in him there is no toil. No, there's a knowing, a clarity. Just a knowing. Walking with him. I know before I even get there. I get firsthand information. He shows me the end from the beginning. I know all things. I know all things. Don't let that be a foreign thought. And don't be one who decides to live with a roll of the dice. Sometimes I get it right. Sometimes I don't. But in all things, give God praise. Some days are good. Some days are bad. Sometimes we're up. Sometimes we're low. But in all things, give God praise. Sounds like a cruddy life to me. What if I'm one of the ones that has it worse most of the time? And you're one of the ones that has it better most of the time. And you say, in all things, give God praise. Dang it. When do I get some of the good stuff? That's how jealousy sets in. That's how envy sets in. That somebody has it better than me. I tithe just like they do. I give my time. I do this. I'm showing up early, staying late. How come they got it so good? Some will be led and some will not. But it is my decision. It's my choice. It's never going to be A, B, or C. It's always going to be one answer. Spirit. He doesn't leave it a mystery on how. Verse 18. 
Make time to speak to yourselves in psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart unto the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is how I stay full. Now the Lord spoke this to me yesterday. I thought this was a great word. And he incorporated, he said, Joey, this has been your experience. And it's true. The beginning of cooperating with the Spirit of God, for my life and my experience, the beginning of it starts with praying in the Spirit. This morning, the first thing I did was I woke up, and while I'm walking down the hallway, I'm praying in the Spirit. What does that look like? Lately, the Lord says it's not enough to say it. You must demonstrate. So I'm getting out of bed. And this didn't happen overnight. But I have trained my spirit. I am a spirit. I can be trained. I'm not a body. I'm not a soul. I'm not a mind, will, or an emotions. I am a spirit living in a body, having a soul. And that spirit, your spirit, you, the real you, can be trained. And it must be. When I'm confessing the scriptures, it's not so I get it off my plate and I can brag about how many scriptures I know. No, I'm training my spirit. I'm saying Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm training my spirit to think that way first. When needs arise, I hear it in here. My God shall supply all of my needs. Oh, we need this done. You're going to need this amount of money to do this, this, and this. My God shall supply all of my needs. I put it in there. David of old said, I will hide your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. You put the word in, it will be there when you need it. Who will bring it up? The Holy Spirit. Sometimes when things come my way in life, I don't even know why what's presented is wrong. And I don't even dare get into an argument because that gives a sales point on the other side to sell me on why it's right. But something grieves me on the inside. And that voice of the Spirit goes, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh. It's like a green light, which means go, or a red light that means stop. You can get around people, even good church people, and everything they're saying, you can go, I don't know what's wrong, but something's wrong. Something's off. Something's off. And meanwhile, they're telling you all these things that are off. And it's like, no, there's something off in. Everything you're presenting is natural, but there's something supernaturally off. And usually, it's emptiness. They're not full. They've drained out. Many Christians who've walked with the Lord for a number of years, they can remember days when they were full. What's that mean? Like a cup of water. You fill it to the brim and you begin to walk, parts of it begin to spill out. But if you stay under the spout of water, just be flowing and filling with the Spirit. He's a wellspring of life. Jesus said in, in the Gospel of John, He said, He that believes on me out of his belly shall flow rivers. Lord spoke to me five Fridays ago, four Fridays ago, five Fridays ago in Massachusetts, getting up to preach. And during the worship, he said, tell them a breakthrough is not coming for them. I've gone with the Lord long enough that I just start typing in my phone. Some of you thought I was texting people. No, I'm typing out of my spirit. A breakthrough is not coming for you. To tell them it's coming through them. You know, Jesus came as the breakthrough for mankind who was stuck and lost in his sin. And once he came, and once he came into your life, into your home, your breakthrough came and lived with you. But he's not coming again. He's in there. Now he's coming again to take us. And he's coming for all mankind. But everywhere you go, Breakthrough is ready to operate through you, but it's not coming again for you. The gift of the Holy Spirit is your breakthrough. Remember when Jesus got on the boat in Mark 4? 
He said, let us go to the other side. And what did he do? He went right down to the belly of the boat and he went to sleep. And they began to go to the other side and a storm came. And they began to get nervous. He said, man, this is getting really bad. This is getting really ugly. Where's Jesus? He'll know what to do. Sleep, don't bother the master. He's asleep. Well, somebody's got to do something. What what do we got to do? This is getting really crazy out here. The wind and the waves. Doesn't he care? Somebody wake Jesus. Finally, they went and got him. He was irritated. He said, how long must I be with you? How long must I suffer with you? What did he do? He looked out on the water. He said, peace be Still, a wellspring of life overwhelmed the death, the impending danger. I've thought about this a lot lately, especially throughout COVID. Many friends and family say, I'm a traveling preacher. And I, I don't get to choose. I can. But a man who's submitted to the will of the Lord just simply hears and obeys if he wants to operate in any success that depends fully on God. There was great temptation early on a few years ago from friends and family. They said, you're not going to travel at a time like this. You should just hold off on all your meetings. I said, I wish I could just live like that. I don't even pick what I preach anymore. I would love a life where I just pick the greatest lesson that's going to make everyone happy and, and, and get them all to give large amounts of money. Because I like people happy. I like people who want to give. And those two combinations for what I do are, that's the combination you want. Big giving and happy people who like you and want to buy your materials. Wouldn't that be great? Just preach whatever I feel like. Or just scan the internet and find something that's working well for somebody else and memorize it. But a life submitted to God, I'm a vessel. Not where I pick and choose, but I'm a vessel for him to speak not only to, but through. The body of Christ has gotten real good at getting the gifts of God to us. But we haven't been so well at getting them through us. Because we can't pick and choose how we're going to be used. You pick and choose, you'll lose. Jesus speaks. Just be still. Calm down. Then he walks back. It was noted in Mark 4. The onlooking men said, Who is this man that speaks and the wind and the waves obey him? I heard a great minister out of Chicago, Dr. Bill Winston, say this Nothing in the scripture is by accident, even the order is significant. They noted that the wind. First, the wind and the waves. You can't see wind. Wind doesn't have a color. It's the unseen thing that Jesus addressed first. In Mark 11, when he spoke to the fig tree, they came back to uh, the next day, 24 hours later, and Peter said, Lord, do you see the tree? It's dried up from the roots. The roots of the tree are the unseen thing. The enemy would be completely satisfied if the entire body of Christ just continues to live on the surface and always speaking to the leaves and never taking authority over the root. Always living on the surface and never dealing with the actual thing that's causing the problem. That's called blindness. That's called deaf ears. That's called blinded eyes. But the Holy Spirit is given to us to reveal what you cannot see on your own. He knows every turn. He knows every twist. He knows every up and down. And he can sail you right through. Beginning of COVID, I was buying tickets to Boston and then buying tickets to California and getting my rental cars. And different people were coming out of the woodwork and said, I see that you're going here on social media. Do you think this is responsible? I said, I don't know. I'm dead. I've been crucified with Christ. See, you actually start talking scripture. And many of the Christians around you, they're not ready to handle the scripture. They go, well, I know that too, but do you think this is wise? What could be more wise than obeying God? In Genesis, 
Isaac's entire kindred, all of his family, all of his kinfolks are leaving the land because nothing can grow there. And he's packing up his stuff. And God says, no, we're not going anywhere. You'll take all your precious seed and you'll put it into the ground here. Isaac heard and he obeyed. Imagine talking to your in-laws. They're all headed back to Egypt where there's trade, where there's profit, where we can get jobs. Come on, Isaac, get your, what are you doing? Let's go. You got children. You got responsibilities. Better think about the future. Too many people in the body thinking about the future and doing nothing now. And now becomes tomorrow and then there's now again. See, Satan is not hoping and depending on you to never obey God. Just don't obey him today. As long as you don't obey him today, tomorrow will come and there will be another thing that springs up that tells you it's not convenient. What will people think? What will they say? What will your cronies think about you? You're too radical. You have responsibilities. Oh, our one responsibility is to hear and obey. That's how we end up honoring the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, the lender, not the borrower. He knows everything. The Holy Spirit is given to us to make the decisions when it's A, B, or C, I don't have to decide. That's too much pressure. Who wants to live like that? That can cause ulcers. There's enough to think about. My son needs new shoes and toys and fun. Two-thirds of Jesus' faith was spent on joyful and fun things and desserts. Only one was to move mountains. Look in the scriptures. It talks about the faith of Jesus. Two-thirds was about what much of the church today would call frivolous things. But my Bible says, if ye being evil or natural know how to give good things unto your children, how much more does your Father which is in heaven want to give good things? It's so religious, grinding it out. When I'm grinding it out, it simply means I'm not lending my tongue to the Holy Spirit. I'm not letting him pray through me. I'm trying to do all the praying. I'll let him pray. Don't you let him pray? When was the last time you let him pray? When will you let him pray? That prayer, my friend, our friend, he said, I stopped praying that way as I matured in the Lord. I used to say to my youth ministry, let's go out and do something for God. And I fired up a bunch of teenagers. We went out and did great, so, so many things for God. And he said, we grew in the Lord. And a year later, I was preaching something similar. Let's go out and do something great for God. We went out and did great things for God. And one day he said, I was praying in the spirit. It's like it dropped on me. He said, this prayer I prayed for the first time. He said, Lord, we've done things. We've done great things in your name. Lord, what would you do? If you were in my shoes, he said, all of a sudden, something in his heart unlocked. He found out he was wrong. Lord, what would you do if you were me? And so in these days, by the direction of the Holy Spirit, which leads me into his wisdom that unlocks all the locks, opens all the doors for me, I start off every prayer. Lord, what do you want to pray about? I've got a laundry list of things that are weighing on my mind. But Lord, if you were me praying, how would you pray? All of a sudden, I lend my tongue. By faith in every syllable, believing that the Holy Spirit is praying through me, just like in Acts chapter 2. And I begin to, by faith, pray in an unknown tongue. Putting faith in every syllable, not letting it get into my brain of what I might be saying or what I might be not. My, my understanding's unfruitful, but I'm lending my tongue unto him by faith, and I'm allowing him to speak through me. And all of a sudden, five minutes in, ten minutes in, fifteen minutes in, all of a sudden I'm completely out of my mind. And all the pressures and all the stresses come subdued under the authority of the Christ, the anointing. 
and they get behind me, and all of a sudden I pray into my day. I pray into this thing, and now I can deal with it by the wisdom of God. How would he pray? Spirit. If it's A, B, or C, I don't make those decisions anymore. I pray in the Spirit, and I get filled up in the Spirit in 15 minutes, 20 minutes in, all of a sudden, it's like, yep, I know what to do. What do you mean you know what to do? Which is it, A, B, or C? Oh, forget all that. I know what to do. What do you mean? Which is it, A, B, or C? Sometimes I just got to tell people who don't understand that, I shall know, but let's go. It's wonderful leaning on him. The only way to get there is to throw caution to the wind. How is it that the average man or average woman is okay believing God for eternal salvation, freedom from eternal damnation? Simply praying in other tongues freaks them out. It doesn't make any sense. It's so freaky to pray in other tongues. But it's not weird to pray a prayer unto a God you can't see, excepting a man you've never seen. That a story tells you he was born of a virgin, lived a perfect sinless life, and somehow through his blood you get to go to heaven? That's ludicrous thinking. Why not go ahead and be filled with the Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, and just go all in? I dare you by faith. I dare you to give God one week by yourself to dive in. Go to YouTube. Find someone praying in other tongues and just pray with them. Say, Lord, I don't know if this is real. I don't know if this works, but I'm willing to try. I don't want to miss out on anything. That was the road of my life. Lord, this seems weird. Growing up in a ministry home, my parents speak in other tongues. Here I am, a teenager. I don't know if this is real or not, but I'm willing to try. And day after day, I begin to try. I ask God to fill me. All of a sudden, through trying and through practice, I found a road that many will not go down. Telling you, it's the glory. I present this to you today. Will you give the Holy Spirit an open door? Will you give God a week to prove Himself to you? Amen. Would you do it? It makes decisions greater. I could give you 10 points out of Kenneth Hagin's book on why tongues. Tongues are free from contamination of the world system. Maybe you're in a job where everyone cusses and talks terrible. You come home ticked off every day. You pray in other tongues, it will lift that right off of you. You can come home just joyful. And people say, how was your day? And if it was hell on earth, you say, man, it's been great. All of that is behind me. Let's have dinner. Holy Spirit will stir you up. He will build you up. Like you've never been built up before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. I prophesy over this church, it's a new day. This is a spirit-filled church. This is a new day for you. God is doing things in this place. I'm telling you, in five and a half years, the growth that God has shown and what he's doing, what will he do in the next five? I believe he's setting this place on fire, sending, sending couples this place, sending young people to this place that are filled with his spirit and open, even unbelievers who are at least open to the move of his spirit. You think we should all become weird tongue talkers? No, don't become weird. Just speak in tongues. <laughs> Be endued with power. Hallelujah. I want to pray for you today. Would you bow your heads? I know I've presented something that's controversial. That's okay. Salvation's controversial. It's all controversial. And it's all political. But God's got a plan. And all I can say to you, is ever since I began to speak in other tongues and lend my tongue unto God, my prayer life, my boldness level, my worship, my praise, everything, my marriage, my family, my home, there's no fear anymore. My perfect love came in and it casted out all fear. And now God's even got my, my vocal cords. It may not make sense to my mind, but, but, but something on the inside says, yes, this is working. This is working for me. Have you found yet what will work for you? Is what you've got enough? He shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you to be witnesses of me.
outermost parts of the world. Lord, I pray for each and every person. Thanks again for listening to the Hope Church Podcast. Our church exists to see people from all walks of life know Jesus, connect and grow, discover their purpose, and make a difference in this world. If you would like to connect with us further, or if you need prayer or assistance, please visit us at hopeboon.com, where Jesus loves you, we love you, and your life counts.